Looking for a digital statement? Here's one. Digital statements as a standalone product are often poorly integrated into the customer's digital experience. Now, a digital statement of purpose brought to you this week on Bankadelic by Griffin McCahey, president of HC3. From the studios of Karma Productions Worldwide in Chicago, this is Lou Carlozo's Bankadelic. Bankadelic, the colorful side of finance, where we supply expert views, riff on the news, innovate and investigate, actionable insights, unscripted banking with a caffeine kick. I'm your host, Lou Carlozo, inviting you to sit back, grab a cuppa, kick up your feet. Here we go. Thanks for tuning into the podcast and lovely to have you here with us today coming in from Birmingham, Alabama. We have Griffin McGahey. Griffin serves as the president of HC3. That's a data-driven tech company delivering customer communications for financial services companies. Currently, Griffin ensures the goals and vision of the CEO are executed by HC3's executive team. Griffin, welcome to Bankadelic. Hi, Lou. Thanks for having me today. I wanted to talk, first of all, about digital communications. There's been a traditional implementation model, but things are moving on and moving really fast during COVID. Tell us a little bit about what's going on in your neck of the woods. You know, what we're seeing today is that the traditional model of how digital statements and digital notices have been deployed for regional and community banks have left them lagging behind national banks when it comes to e-statement adoption. These stats are a little hard to come by, but large national banks are well over 50% in terms of digital statement adoption, more in the 60 to 70 range. And the community regional banks that we work with usually come in the 25 to 40% range for digital statement adoption. This leaves them with really just a higher cost of serving the customer that they're spending money with the United States Post Office that larger banks don't have to. Banks may say, hey, we don't really have the money to invest right now. We're not sure how we're going to go about this. What types of things do you see as important making the value proposition come front and center? Yeah, so I think that's the conundrum that regional community banks are in and kind of find themselves consistently on a day-to-day basis. Bank of America wants to improve their digital experience. They've got hundreds of developers, and it makes sense for them to go rebuild this product, whereas for most banks in this size range, they're dependent on third-party vendor or group of third-party vendors that they've got to get to work together to provide this digital experience. What FIs have to realize today is that fair or not, most consumers are looking for that Apple, that Amazon type experience from their FI, whether it's a $300 million bank or the third biggest bank in the country. Everybody's kind of got this expectation of how digital interaction should go and it should look great. It should work perfectly every time. And if it doesn't, then there's something wrong and it's not working like my iPhone does. So why can't my bank get this right? We know, right, that getting that experience up to that speed isn't easy as it might seem. But on the other hand, as you put it really well, consumers are spoiled. I'm spoiled. I ordered a book from Amazon a day ago. It already arrived at my house and I'm reading it. Yeah, that's the world we live in. 
brands that build trust, whether this is a huge brand or a local FI, you build trust for providing that consistency of experience. When you go to Starbucks, you know, every fourth Starbucks you go to doesn't serve your coffee in an old styrofoam cup. I mean, you know what the cup's going to look like, you know what the coffee's going to taste like. That's why you go there. It's a proven business model, a consistent brand experience. Consumers trust that and they will buy from companies who can provide that. To that end, we have on one side of the picture for banks, digital statement registrations, and on the other side, online banking and a lot of complexity in between. How do we cross that bridge to get to where we need to go? Yeah, so I think you hit the nail on the head. Digital communications have been a little bit of a stepchild, I think, the past few years for most community and regional banks. Digital statements came out, you know, 20 years ago, made a push to get people to adopt. We get adoption rates, you know, in the mid 30s or so. We've kind of gotten all the low hanging fruit there. Now it's kind of like trench warfare to keep growing more than just a little bit a year. What's held people back has been it's not a experience that the consumer necessarily finds trustworthy. So think about a regional bank that maybe in the last five years spent a lot of time and effort in building that digital experience. They have the unified platform for online and mobile banking. It looks great. It looks just like the consumer would expect something to look in 2020. And then you click on the e-statements tab and up pops an iframe within there of something that says e-statements. It looked like it was designed in 2002. That's not a trustworthy experience. And initial reaction for a lot of people will be this doesn't look right. Whether it just looks wrong, it seems to not work the way they would intuitively expect. The first reaction is just click back out and I'll just keep getting the paper statement because something looks off with this. Nobody has really owned this experience for the FIs in terms of a vendor in the past. So I think it's kind of fallen on the banks themselves to hold this experience because honestly, statement vendors like us have not done a good job either. A lot of us have outdated pricing models that are really dependent on paper statements for us to be in business. So although some statement providers may talk about e-statements, it's not necessarily that they're really aligned with the bank about converting to digital unless the pricing model is built that way. So I think for FIs, it's not just good enough to look for the best of breed solution. I think that's important to find that solution that does help them move toward the digital experience that people expect, but that these best of breed vendors are also going to play nicely together because without that, you're never going to get the result that you need. That is a refreshingly honest perspective. We're used to honesty at Bankadelic, but you have even acknowledged some of the challenges within your own sphere of business. It's a tumultuous time on top of all that, but there's also a lot at stake in a positive sense. What enhancements in digital experience come into play once all these pieces that you have mentioned fit together? You know, the integrated solution here provides, I think, a couple of things. One, on a most basic level, it's going to drive electronic statement adoption for the bank. So that's going to be a cost savings that lasts for years. Every customer that moves to digital statements, you're saving just in postage 
around 75 cents to a dollar a month across all documents. So that's a nice annuity for the bank that this reduction in cost over time. But I think more importantly, it goes back to that consistency and building that trust in the brand. Another experience that the FI got right. They were in the branch. They saw a modern branch. They talked to someone who was knowledgeable about not only the products, but about them. Digital banking looks great. Hey, digital statements looks great too. Like I trust this FI with a larger share of my wallet when I need the auto loan or a mortgage. I trust this FI when I tell my neighbor, hey, this is who I bank with and they're great. I've been there 15 years. That every experience that you nail builds that brand loyalty. It takes multiple experiences before the customer really understands and the brand message. And yet financial institutions, given the challenges they face, sometimes a lack of information being foremost, they may come to someone like you and say, Griffin, I'm on board. I think this is terrific. I don't know where to start. What would you tell them? I'd tell them that we need to get all the vendors together early on to talk through how this is going to work, that this kind of solution can't be architected in a box, can't be architected in our sales presentation. You know, this is the way that we recommend doing it, but we need to talk to the whole ecosystem about how this is going to work. You know, nobody's against open banking, but you need all willing partners who have the technical ability to operate in an open environment and also the willingness to do it in the time frame that works for the bank. Where banks can often get put into a difficult spot is you've got different timing of contracts and, hey, I need to convert digital statements because we're doing an online banking conversion in September. So that's got to happen in September also. And they end up boxed in timeline wise and maybe have to accept solutions that aren't fully baked in order to get something live based on a contractual situation. But I think the planning and getting these vendors together to talk, because that's really what we talk about IT ops folks at Banksy size, you know, they're not building software. They're really coordinating different systems to work together. So that kind of coordination is really what can make a project like this more successful. I used to have a teacher in high school. There's a shout out to him, Smoking Joe Chilbert. And he used to say, communication. (laughs) And it sounds like this is exactly what you're talking about, communication. I'm curious, is that ever a challenge trying to get all of these different parties onto the same page and working together? Yeah, it certainly is. I think, you know, one of the best times to do this, and this may be a little bit of a cynical taken away, is when an FI is renegotiating a contract. That's the time when, you know, vendors like us or anyone is going to be honestly more receptive to these kind of meetings. But I think it just needs to become table stakes in this world that this is just kind of a requirement. You're going to have to talk to other vendors in the sales process in order to provide a really good solution for the bank. And whether that's me selling someone our service or that's an online banking solution and they need to talk to the statement vendor about this implementation, I think we understand that to make this work long-term, architecting it right up front is a lot cheaper and easier for everyone. We recently had a guest who said that in the last few months, we have watched digital accelerate equivalent to seven years. And I'm wondering how the 
explosive growth in digital and the increasing reliance on digital have affected what you're doing, I would think at the very least, people would be a lot more open-minded to it. One thing I hear a lot from bankers is, oh, nobody reads their statements. And what I have to remind them is that, no, bankers don't read their statements because you work in a bank and you understand it all day and you have access to the core when you want to look up something about your account. You know, we see that a lot of people read their statements. So there's a lot of studies about opening printed statements that albeit come from Xerox and people who sell things that print stuff. But I think pretty fair looking at all that 70 or so percent of consumers open their bank statements if they get them in the mail. It's not to say they read every transaction, but they're opening and scanning. And we see about 50% of our digital statements viewed, whether it's print or digital, consumers do pay attention to that even if bankers themselves personally don't. So that's a little bit of a different viewpoint that we've got to kind of reconcile somewhere. And I think with digital versus print for the statement business, I don't know. We haven't really seen any big changes in adoption or any big shift in how many statements were viewed online versus weren't viewed at this point yet. I mean, we may see that next year that uh, this trend started in April of 2020 and look what's happened now. I can't really say we've seen it at this point yet, at least in our part of the business. You know, bankers don't read their statements, but podcasters always listen to their podcasts. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm definitely going to listen back to this one. I have so much enjoyed the conversation with you. Griffin, thank you for being on Bankadelic. All right. You're welcome, Lou. Thank you. I really enjoyed it. Griffin McGahee is the president of HC3. He is based in Birmingham, Alabama. You can look for Griffin on LinkedIn. Bankadelic, sponsored by the William Mills Agency. For close to 40 years, the William Mills Agency has served hundreds of companies that provide a wide range of products and services in the banking, payments, mortgage, credit union, and related markets. The William Mills Agency is the largest provider of PR and marketing services for companies that market to the financial industry. For more information, visit williammills.com. Quantic is the adaptive digital bank that offers entrepreneurs, immigrants, millennials, low-income families, seniors, and others innovative banking products and services which embrace the diversity of circumstances that exist in the lives of customers while elevating their financial strength. For more information, visit QuanticBank.com. That's Q-U-O-N-T-I-C-Bank.com. His name, Griffin McKehee. His title, President. His company, HC3. HC3. HC3 bullet points. Number one. Fair or not, everybody's kind of got this expectation of how digital interaction should go and it should look great, it should work perfectly every time, and if it doesn't, then there's something wrong and it's not working like my iPhone does, so why can't my bank get this right? Number two. For 
FIs, it's not just good enough to look for the best of breed solution. It does help them move toward the digital experience that people expect, but that these best of breed vendors are also going to play nicely together because without that, you're never going to get the result that you need. Number three. Architecting it right up front is a lot cheaper and easier for everyone. IT ops folks and banks in size, you know, they're not building software. They're really coordinating different systems to work together. So that kind of coordination is really what can make a project like this more successful. And now, lose views. Quote, digital statement vendors like us haven't done a good job either. End quote. That statement by Griffin McKay of HC3 might not seem that incredible until you consider this. It's not exactly in fashion to admit your responsibility for something. And in a financial services world where people are constantly jockeying for position, there's little room for vulnerability and even less room to admit that you could do something better. Sounds strange to say, but at this stage in my life, I'm pretty much done working with people and organizations that aren't willing to take a hard look at themselves and say, how can we be better? Where are we falling short? Because it's only in that way that progress is made, that breakthroughs are made, that improvements are made. I tell my kids constantly, it's not perfection, it's correction. My kids get it, and yet a lot of supervisors don't. One extraordinary thing that I've yet to see is the supervisor who steps forward to their employees and says, I'm going to allow you to review me during the next performance review period. What's to be afraid of? For any of us, being open to criticism and change and having the courage, as Griffin McKay did on today's podcast, to say, here's what we could do better. Well, isn't that someone you want to work with? team up with? I know I do. Thanks for tuning in to Bankadelic. We hope you join us next time and check back in the weeks ahead as we build our podcast vault. Our producer in Chicago is Jenny Elman. Thanks again to the William Mills Agency for their generous sponsorship. Thanks also to Quantic. I'm Lou Carlozo. You can catch me on LinkedIn. And when I'm all done those Chicago dogs, I'll be linked out. Until next time, so long. Bankadelic is a production of Karma Productions Worldwide, Chicago.